Welcome to the Ready Eddy Podcast, where we help you discover innovative startups in the outdoor sport industry. Join us as we tell the story of brands who are paving the way for the future of outdoor sports. And here's your host, Josh Salvo. Hey, Ready Eddy Podcast listeners. Before we jump into today's episode, I wanted to shine the spotlight on our new membership program. With it, you can discover dozens of new innovative outdoor brands, save up to 40% off 50 plus startups for the entire year, receive first access to new products, and gain access to ambassador programs. Head to readyyeti.com slash members, pick up a year subscription, and become a Ready Yeti. Really? Become a Ready Yeti? Seriously? I mean, come on, that's just lazy right? What is going on, Red Yeti Podcast listeners? Josh Salvo here, your host. And on today's episode, I am sitting down with the co-founder of Working Joe, Dan Silverthorne. If you're not familiar with Working Joe, they make hand, foot, and body balm, specifically made from beeswax, shea butter, cocoa butter, olive oil, castor oil, coconut oil, and vitamin E. It's a pretty incredible product. I've had the opportunity to be able to use it. Um, skiing for the last, I want to say, two or so months. It's um, definitely a top-of-the-line product, and I'm, I'm really intrigued and um, excited to have Dan sit down with me and really get into his story. And with that, Dan, I appreciate you for uh, taking the time. Hey, Josh. Awesome. So right off the bat, for the listener, I, I obviously gave a quick little run-through of Working Joe and Working Jane. Uh, could you, in your own words, explain what your business is with Working Joe? Um, we make a, our primary product is uh, what we call hand and foot repair. It's a uh, it's a balm, but not everybody knows what balm means. We found out, and um, we've kind of got a working class utilitarian mentality, if you will, and we wanted to reflect that in the name itself. So that's why we call it hand and foot repair. Uh, we also just released a thing called Beach Butter, which is more of a uh, all-over body balm, and we got some other stuff we're working on. But uh, that's where our main focus is right now, as a company. Right. So, how did you? What made you decide to get into to balm? <laughs> well, um, I've done dang near every job under the sun. It seems fifty-two years old, and I probably had forty different jobs, um, and I never wear gloves. Um, and I'm always in the dirt or working on something or what have you or busting something up. And it really was out of necessity. Um, my grandma had the recipe on my dad's side back in, oh, hell, as long as I can remember. Um, and I was using it, making it, um, keep really just putting it in an old jelly jar. And um, with modern ingredients, I was able to make it even better than, you know, she could back in the 50s and 60s, if you will. Um, but it was really out of necessity. And the other thing was, like everything I bought to keep my hands dry or my feet smelled like a chick. And no offense, <laughs> I mean, but I didn't want to smell like one. Um, Cause I'd grab my wife, my wife, you know, she's got all that girly stuff. And um, you know, I'd come home after work and my hands all beat up and I'd grab something she had and, and it worked good. But like I say, I always smelled like a chick. Yeah, definitely. So um, where, where are you originally from? Grand Rapids, Michigan, beer city, USA. That's really awesome. So could you sort of walk us through the journey of, like you mentioned that you had a, quite a few jobs leading up to this, but at what point did you just decide, like, okay, I'm going to do this. I'm going to turn this into a full-time thing. Well, uh, sure. A couple years, I guess three years back, 
give or take. Um, um, I, I used to do tree work full time, and that's a really hard on your body. Um, I always liked doing it, but I had to give it up because I was getting older. And uh, I still did side jobs because it was great, you know, weekend money, you know, make some money on the side, cash money, you know. Um, and I was doing a tree job with a couple of uh, fellas, and this young buck that was on the crew with us, his hands were just beat up like yesterday's bad news. And uh, he come over when we were tending our saws and uh, saw me using working gel. He asked me what it was, and I told him and kind of told him the rundown of what it does and whatever. And so he used some a couple times that day. And he come back the next day, <laughs> and he says, hey, my wife says you need to start selling this shit. And uh, I said, well, what do you mean your wife says? Took me a second to put two and two together, but he went home, and I guess Mama didn't want him giving her no loving with them nasty-ass hands of his. <laughs> so um, so, so it, it worked for both of them um, because it, 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 makes, it instantly works. I mean, within a couple hours, people notice a difference. Um, the fact that it's all natural, no chemicals, no alcohol. Um, so I came home and talked to my wife. And I said, hey, this fella told me we ought to start selling this stuff. And I had actually hadn't come up with a name yet, but my father was a plumber by trade for 35 years. And he always used to refer to his coworkers as working Joes. And uh, he's passed on now a long time. But um, I thought, you know, it'd be a really cool name. And it represented like what we want to do as a company. We wanted to appeal to, to the masses, you know, the people that work for a living, get up every day. And that can be anything from a lawyer to a bricklayer. Um, but uh, we wanted to give a product that was reasonably priced, a good quality product, um, not a bunch of fillers in it or, you know, water or alcohol. And I'm not saying that to dog the competition at all. I mean, we do what we do and they do what they do. But the other thing was when I did go out looking for products, I, I couldn't believe the price on some of this stuff. And I just thought if we could build a company that, you know, we got to make money. I mean, I get that. But where are the people that sell at wholesale could make a decent profit margin. The customers could get a good value, something that, you know, solves a problem and lasts a while. Um, most people tell me they get about two months out of a tin of working gel. Um, I figured, you know, it wouldn't be that hard to make everybody happy. We're happy. We make money. You know, the retailers are happy. The customers are happy. Doesn't To me, it just seemed like common sense. Yeah, no, I couldn't agree more. So from the original batch that you'd get from, you said your grandmother, is that correct? Yeah. yeah. So yeah, yeah. how did you go from, obviously, the, the first iterations there to what you have now um, in in the full-scale working Joe? Like, did you go through a bunch of different types of batching? Did you uh, give it out to a bunch of people that you knew and then get feedback? Like, how did that whole process work? Yes, yes, and yes. Um I mean, obviously, you know, friends and family are can be a good thing to, to uh, you know, to, to give a new product to. But the only problem, Josh, that I found is that people don't want to hurt your feelings. So friends and family <laughs> aren't the, the best feedback because, you know, like it's like if they come over for lunch and you make them a grilled cheese sandwich and they tell you, oh, that's the best grilled cheese sandwich I ever had. But they're spitting it out when they walk out your door and they just don't want to hurt your feelings. You never met my mother. <laughs> you know, exactly. And God bless them all. You know, I mean, our people love us. But yeah, uh, we did a little bit of test market with that. But the biggest feedback we got and the smartest thing I think we ever did was we just started going around to local farmers markets and shows people that didn't know us and didn't owe us anything. And, you know, they're, they got no reason to lie. 
And uh, we uh, went out there with, uh, oh, I think we had five different kinds at the time. We currently have 12 or 13. I don't even know. But we just say, hey, man, here, here's what we do. Here's what it's about. Here's how much it costs. And I'd literally just start, you know, kind of BSing with them. I mean, I, I walk up to a guy and say, hey, bud, your hands are pretty rough. Yeah, you know, I work on cars or I work for UPS or whatever. And I'd say, here, man, try this. We make this stuff ourselves. And they'd try it, and it worked. And, uh, you know, they, they'd see the people that make it. I mean, it was pretty much a no BS project. I mean, what you see is what you get. Um, and uh, I think, golly, about 70% of folks right off the bat would buy it from us at the farmer's markets. Definitely. That's, that's great product uh, validation. Now, do you guys make it all in-house in, in, in Michigan? We do. Um, we're, we've just expanded a little bit. Um, but we've, we've got some pretty potential large-scale interests, so we're, we're trying to make the right calls as far as do we buy another building or do we expand the one we have. Or We're trying not to expand too fast because that, that can be good and bad. Right. No, I definitely agree with that. So how many people do you have on your team right now with, with, through Working Joe? Six. Six of you, okay. And that, what's the, are all of them in, in Grand Rapids? Uh, Grand Rapids and Holland. Okay, cool. And so, um, how, what are the how, how do you have the roles sort of broken up between um, your team? Like, do you, does everyone sort of share in the in the making, or is it sort of everyone has a broken up role? Everyone has a broken up role uh, based on their individual talents, which um, that was something that took took me a while to be comfortable with because I like to know everything that's going on in my business. Yeah. But we have um, we have a really incredibly talented group of people, not only in their given fields or their specialties, but also as a collective, if you will. Um, and I do most of the uh, production myself. My niece and nephew help me out. Um, but if we have like a really big order come come in or you know coming in over the internet, um, and we know it's coming, you know I can make a few phone calls and say, hey, I'll buy pizza and beer. Come over here and help me make you know <laughs> three thousand tins of working gel. Yeah. So how long does it take you guys to make like you said three thousand tins of working gel? Well, we produce if we got all of our ducks in a row and everything's going smooth. We produce currently right now four hundred and forty units an hour. Wow, that's very impressive. <laughs> well, it's kind of cool too because it's weird, man. It's like a Zen thing. Like when I'm making work and Joe, I mean, I've got my tunes going and my cup of coffee, and Jake the dog is uh, in the other room, um, just kind of watching everything. I got a big German Shepherd that oh, likes nice. to be by me. Um, but it's just it's weird. It's hard to explain, but. Um, when you're making it, it's really peaceful because it's a very methodic process, so it doesn't seem like work. Yeah, I, I can totally relate to that. I used to, um, one of my partners and I, we spent a few years designing and building skis, and I, oh. like the actual process of building the skis was always, like you said, it's like it, it's like a retreat. <laughs> you know, It's a nice little my space. I can just do it, and it, it's... It's a nice sort of meditative experience. <laughs> it can be stressful yeah. at times when things don't go well, but it, it, for the most part, it's definitely, uh, I totally agree with that. Well, I kind of, every time I'm making it, even if we're under the gun for some big order or whatever, um, I always remind myself that I've had some really sucky jobs in the past. Yeah. And when I'm making work and Joe, I'm working for myself. Um, I'm comfortable as heck. I've got good music on and I listen to a ton of different stuff. 
my working conditions are off the charts cool. Um, so what have I got to bitch about? Nothing. So I always keep that in mind, even if like some nights I'll be working until two or three in the morning. Um, but I like what I do and I believe in what I do. So it doesn't really seem like work. Yeah, no, it's, I totally understand that and can appreciate that. Um, so what is something that might not be as well known about your product with Working Joe or your business or you individually that you feel really differentiates you from your competitors in the industry? Hmm. Well, I guess the, for the product itself, we, um, and I really don't know how we're pulling this off. Um, it just happens. But people are telling me more and more that uh, they use it for a lot of different stuff. Um, some, some things I won't say on a podcast. <laughs> um, but, no, people are telling me that they're using it uh, for you know everything from lubing up zippers to uh, you know lip balm. Or one dude told me he puts it on his knife blade to keep it protected. And um, So that's I guess that's like most people think it's just a hand and foot balm. Maybe, maybe use it on your lips. Um, but we're finding more and more that people use it for all kinds of different stuff. Oh, I had a dude last week that went camping, and he said that uh, they were having a hard time starting their fire. So he took some uh, paper, and he smeared some working gel on it. Well, it's all waxes and butters and oils. Yeah. So what? boom, fire starter, boom, working gel fire starter. We're not going to market it as that. <laughs> yeah. It might last as long, but. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you go through quite a bit more, which may not be a bad thing, but. Um, I'm just amazed at the creativity that people go, hey, I can use it for this, I can use it for that. Um, as far as me personally, I mean, I'm kind of a mixed bag of nuts. I've, you know, seen a lot, done a lot. Um, as I mentioned, I've, you know, had tons of different jobs. Um, and I think that really helps in the, in the whole thing because I, I know what it's like to, to do certain jobs. I mean, everything from um, building fences, construction, restaurant work, um, military, um, used to work actually in the human physical disaster cleanup business, which is, uh, uh, you can, you can pretty much figure that one out. Um, but when I see somebody, a truck driver, whatever, um, I've driven truck, um, I know, Hey, they could probably use working job because I've done their job. Yeah. I don't know if that makes sense or not. No, I totally, I can totally see that. Um, you're a jack of all trades. <laughs> you know um, what quite a few different people could potentially want, and I think that um, that's so valuable. Along along this journey, have you had any mentors that have really helped you get Working Joe off the ground and to where it is now? I have. Um, my wife is definitely one of them um, because I respect her enough to listen to her, which if I don't respect somebody, I have a hard time listening to you. Um, and that's not, I'm not sure if that's a strength or a weakness. I've had people have been fortunate enough the last probably 20 years of my life to have some really successful people. Um, and I was actually in my life and I was introduced to the whole concept of mentors, if you will. Um, two of my biggest mentors, one of them's passed on now, fell by the name of Bob Burke and, um, very, very successful individual, him and his wife. And one day we were actually sitting down. Um, he always used to have these barbecues and fish fries and what have you. And um, I was sitting down one day, and he had this uh, this hot sauce from a discount grocery store and these crackers. And they were both really good. 
Um, but this guy's a multimillionaire at the time. Right. And uh, I'm a, you know, I'm in my mid twenties at the time, and we're eating these. I said, "Where'd you get these things at?" And he told me. And being a young dude, I said, "I said, Bob, what the hell are you doing shopping at this place? You can buy anything you want from any place you want." And he said, "Danny, he's he always called me Danny." Um, he says, "Being rich doesn't give you the right to waste your money because a lot of people will never have that privilege." So yeah. I took that to heart. I mean, just because you make good money and you're successful doesn't give you the right to go piss it away. And on top of that, it's just foolish. Um, my father was another one, World War II vet, just really quiet, well-spoken man. Um, didn't say a whole lot, but what he said he meant. And uh, he had a lot of great practical living advice, just, you know, being fair, treating other people the way you want to be treated. I mean, I could literally, I could go on about that for an hour, but I won't. Yeah, no, I, I totally... Totally. I think having strong mentor figures like that, is, it's so important, um, especially in any aspect of your life, not just when it comes to building a business, because it sounds like both of them had a huge impact on you outside of working Joe, which is almost more important than um, the mentors you have in building your own business. Um, I wanted to ask what kind of culture exist you, you sort of touched on it a little bit in the fact that like you'll invite some people over and buy them some beers and pizza and you'll get to work making some working joe but i'd love to sort of hear more about the dynamic in in working joe with the the six of you and sort of how that role works and what you do and what would what your specific roles are with working joe Okay, I will try and answer that, and if uh, if I don't get it quite where you want it, please feel free to tell me or, you know, to embellish or whatever. A friend of mine grew up on the south side of Chicago, pretty rough situation, if you will, and he always used to say, come for real or don't come at all. And I really took that to heart. Um, you know, combine that with the term, if you will, surround yourself with good people. I think in our society, unfortunately, a lot of times you get some, a lot of false plastic behaviors or, or belief systems or, you know, things are too, too disposable. And I'm not saying that to dog anybody out. Don't get me wrong or be negative. But our whole thing is, you know, I don't know what you see is what you get. Um, we have an open mind when, you know, when we deal with our vendors, we're not dicks about stuff. Like if something comes up, if there's a problem, let's face it, problems are going to happen in any business and any relationship um, on both sides of the fence. But we don't handle them like they're a check number. Um, we try and keep in mind, you know, even if they're having a hot day. I mean, I've had a few people that, you know, come slightly unglued on me for some, you know, their order got screwed up or what have you. Um, and I try and realize that, I don't, for one thing, I don't know what's going on in their life, and they're not really taking it out on me. You know, there might be something going bad. They're, you know, somebody they love might be sick or going through cancer or they... You know, their dog might have just died. You, you know, you never know if someone gets mad at you what they're going through. So I try try not to take it personally. But, um, you know, we just try to treat people the way we'd want to be treated. Um, and that's with our team, too. Like, we've had a few people that were involved in work and Joe that it didn't work out. And we were able to, to part company, um, hopefully without any resounding negative vibes and we didn't have any um but you know some things sometimes in business things don't work and you got to say goodbye and it, it doesn't mean one person is better than the other it just is what it is um but right now um we have uh jeff bruce john joan um i guess that's five because with me um jeff 
is uh, he's kind of our quarterback, if you will, because he's good at stuff that, quite frankly, I am not. Um, and he and Bruce and my wife have an incredible array of business talents with corporate America, how things get done. Um, there are things that I, quite frankly, am not good at or don't know that much about. Um, so I need to step back and let them do it. Um, John is uh, an incredible marketing and design guy, and he's actually the one that's, that's uh, redone all of our labels and a lot of our stuff. And um, Joan is uh, kind of the one that floats at thirty thousand feet and coordinates everything, and 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 she does that, and you know, with having a forty-hour a week job plus, so that's pretty impressive in its own. But um, everybody we got, um, they do. Um, and I'm not saying this to brag on them, but that's part of why I want to be involved with them. Every single person on our team, including myself, does volunteer work. And nobody asked them to. Nobody told them to. It wasn't any kind of a forced mandate, if you will. They wanted to do it. They um, And I won't disclose what everybody does just out of you know their respect to them. Um, I personally, I volunteer with the kids' food bank. Um, just because there's a lot of kids that go home every night and they don't have a supper, you know, to eat. So I figured I'd give up a couple hours of my, my week to try and, you know, help them help be a part of the solution. My wife reads to inner city children, you know, on her lunches. Um, you know, and I'm not saying any of this to brag again on anybody. It's just trying to be a part of the solution. Um, and like my mom used to say, you know, put your money where your mouth is. Um, I know all of us have good intentions, but sometimes we push that to the side because, Perhaps it's not convenient or it's something we don't want to really commit to or what have you. And there again, I mean, people are going to do what people are going to do. I mean, I'm not judging anybody. But I like the fact that I work with a group of, group of people that they're not just about the money. Their, you know, their, their commitment to life and their, and their communities is incredibly well-balanced, and you see that demonstrated through their actions. Um, I don't know. If, I don't know if that was too long-winded, or if I answered the question correctly or not. No, I think you you, you hit the nail right on the head. I um, I wanted to ask, what at what point in your life did you realize how important that was? That um, it's not all about the money, and that the sense of community and giving back um, and everything that goes along with that is is way more important. Have you always been that way, or? Was there someone in your life that sort of helped you realize that? Um, no, I was not always that way. Um, quite frankly, in my 20s, I think I was pretty self-centered. And um, some people tell me I wasn't self-centered enough, but that's a whole other thing. Um, the biggest shift for me, Josh, was in 2001. Um, I, in the course of six months... It's almost like a bad country western song, and I'm open about it. I don't mind talking about it. But I lost my my favorite aunt, a good friend of mine, my mom, my dad, and my dog. Um, and it just killed me, man. I mean, I was just emotionally just, just shredded. Um, went off the deep end for about a year. I was, uh, you know, just definitely depressed. And, I mean, who wouldn't be? Um, and I got to a point where I said, you know, make up your mind slick you know you're either going to get busy as the movie says get busy living or get busy dying and um you know be a part of the solution so um i actually went down once i made that decision i went down to a homeless shelter here in grand rapids and i just offered to volunteer 
because I, I mean, I still had money and I still had a house and all that when all this stuff happened. And I figured, boy, if you want to see, you know, if you want to really put your your problems in perspective, you know, go talk to somebody that's going to go sleep on a bench tonight or, you know, ain't going to eat for three days or what have you. So that really helped just, you know, put my own problems aside and trying to help other people. Um, and I stayed with that for three and a half years. And I actually ended up working for the place and being a program director and, um, you know, cooking meals and uh, taking people to activities and whatever. But um, I heard enough, I love sayings and, and not so much because they're cliche or whatever, but I think a lot of times they sum up in two sentences what you might take three paragraphs to try and do. Um, and it, one of the sayings that I heard back then was if you really want to take your mind off your own problems, try to help somebody with theirs. And homeless people, and, and there again, I learned not to you know judge them or I mean they're they're where they're at. It ain't my position to ask or question or or judge why they're there. I mean just try and help them I and mean, make them a damn sandwich or just tell them, hey man, I care whether you live or die. Um, you know um, that really for me that's where stuff started to change. I hadn't met Joan yet, but that started me on the path um, of wanting to you know kind of reach for the sunlight again um so there again i i was probably too long-winded but yeah no i I think that was great and it's uh it shows your journey and i think that's one of the best ways to really get to know a person and um for you i think it really um it it shows through in in that journey um I, i wanted to ask you since you started working joe what would you say has been uh, one of the hardest parts about building and creating the business? Um, gosh, I mean, we've been pretty lucky. Um, I would say the thing we work on the most is just trying to get known because there's there's so many good products out there in the market that are similar to Joe and, um, you know, do some of the same stuff or what have you, and they've got more money to, to back them up than we do. Um we, yeah, we've been really lucky, man. We we haven't really had any big pitfalls. I mean, of course, we're, we, we've been, we watch everything and we've been conservative with our money and um, I guess smart enough to put it in, in the right places. Um, getting known is probably the hardest thing, but that's just, you know, that's just corporate America and business. I mean, we don't, we don't have the budget of Procter & Gamble or Johnson & Johnson for advertising. Yeah, I know that pain. Exactly, <laughs> you do. Yes, oh yeah, it's such a struggle to get the name out there and just get people to make your business name more of a household name. Like for us, they're like, ready who? <laughs> I'm like, well, <laughs> eventually. <laughs> but I yeah. totally agree. Um, what would you say is uh, one of your biggest fears and how do you manage it in regards to working Joe? Hmm. Um... Well, believe it or not, I don't like public speaking or interviews. Um, so that's probably one of my biggest fears across the board. Um, I don't know. I've only done a couple things for working, Joe, so fortunately that doesn't come up too much. Um, I don't really have a whole lot of fears in, in life in general because I figure it's – I mean, I've uh, I've had a bunch of other stuff happen in the military and um, – I had two years ago, um, well, I guess if we're going to be personal, we might as well be personal. I had a guy that was actually like a brother to me. Um, we were out kayaking on a river run in the middle of February. 
we thought we'd cleared the pet, you know, we thought we'd scouted it enough, and we hadn't. And long story short, he died two feet from me, and there wasn't anything I could do about it. Um, and that really messed me up for a good couple of months. Um, you know, losing somebody that's that you're that close to, and he, and he was just such a an amazing person. He was he worked with kids. He was a child sexual abuse counselor and um, Vietnam vet. Just just a beautiful, beautiful man. Um, so when I came out of that pit of darkness again, there really isn't much in life that I'm afraid of because, I mean, life's tried to kill me so many times. I figure now, you know what, just let things happen and don't worry about it. I mean, I, I don't take, I don't you have that as like a dismissive attitude or like, I don't care about life or whatever, but, um, I guess I'm just getting too old to be afraid of things. Yeah, I can totally understand that. I, um, I well I can't well, I can't uh, understand it, but at the, at the same time I I can understand your point in the sense of the fact that you go through so much and you just you know you can it can bounce right off of you after a certain point you can you can handle it and um, I, I think that's um, that's a that's a great point and uh, it, it's uh, it's a great thing to hear and I know a lot of our listeners will definitely hear that and be like oh man I've got my problems are nothing. <laughs> You know, it's um, like you said. It's if you got if you want to forget about your own problems, just help someone with theirs. Yeah, I think absolutely. that is that is a great point, and I'm gonna. That's the one biggest takeaway I'm I've taken <laughs> so far out of out of this interview, and I love that. I think that is um, that is so valuable, even for myself, because I, I do the same thing. Like where I'm just in my mind bitching about whatever problems I've got going on, and just thinking about that just make it just puts it in perspective. Yep, and sometimes you got to do that. Yeah, no, without a doubt. So along this journey, what would you say have been some of the biggest mistakes that you've made with working Joe? Um, well, there again, and I, you know, just to be honest, we've been really fortunate. Um, you know, we've, we've, had, we've had good people to draw advice from when we make decisions. So we've limited some of our mistakes. Um, the, the biggest thing, um, I guess the biggest mistake, and we've avoided it, but if, if this is just something to help your listeners, um, know what you're about and don't compromise that. Um, and then that's probably helped us to avoid mistakes. Like I've, we've already had three companies offer to buy us. Um, and we said no, and I'm not saying that to brag or be arrogant by any means. Um, it was actually a, quite a compliment. But then we've also had some people come in and tell us, oh, well, everybody else does this. You need to do this, you know, because that's what, you know, this is this $30 million company. And as I always do, I, you know, came back and talked to Joan and I said, you know, these folks said we ought to do this. But, you know, I don't want to do that. That's not what we're about. So um just keep it real. I guess that's the best way to, you know, I mean, avoid mistakes. You're still going to make mistakes anyways. We've been lucky. We haven't. Truthfully, Josh, I wish I could tell you something different. Um, but we really haven't haven't made a lot of big mistakes. Well, that, that's that's great. I can't even um, – I wish I didn't. <laughs> I mean, really, the mistakes we've made are nowhere – are definitely not catastrophic, like you're saying. They're small, minor things that you can really adjust from, yeah, which which is – which is great, and they're all learning experiences. 
Um, I wanted to ask you, um, when we're talking offline, you, you mentioned that you guys are in 90 stores. Uh, I wanted to ask a little bit about your growth since you started in 2015 to where you are now. Um, did it, was it a slow progression to getting to into 90 stores? And obviously you guys have your online business um, and you've got a bunch of uh, future deals that seem like they could be very profitable for you guys. But um, ha- has it been a sort of slow growth or more exponential? Well, you know, if you'd asked me that question a couple months ago, I'd have probably said it was too slow of a growth. But where we are now looking back, the universe kind of grew us the way we were intended to grow. Um, so I think it's kind of been the, it's kind of been just right. Like this, this Yonkers account, that added 17 stores. So we were, before that, we would have been at 73, give or take. Um, and it's, you know, like every couple months, you know, we get a few people, you know, we might get one or two stores or we get, might get a chain of three or four. But it's been the right kind of growth. I don't know if that makes sense or not, but um, um, it's it's just been a constant evolution. So for me, it's the right speed. I'm actually a little nervous about some of the stuff that's coming our way because I want to do it right. I mean, it's not just about me anymore. I got other people involved. Um, but we're, I think we're putting the things in place right now to to handle that growth when it happens. But it's been it's been pretty steady for us, and it's been just I don't know, man. It's just been the right speed, if that makes sense. Yeah, no, I totally understand that. Um, what advice would you give to someone that wanted to start a business? In um, I, I guess uh, I don't in the, in the in in general or more specifically in the um, making a a product uh, like yours. Um, well, with our product and really with any business, um, if you're not attached to it, if you don't really believe in it, you may be successful to a certain degree or not, but eventually you're going to get sick of it or burned out and not want to do it anymore. It's going to seem more like work. Um, and don't get me wrong. I mean, some businesses, I mean, heck, I probably, I think I've had 12 different businesses now. Um, some of them, if, if you get into the business, I guess shifting gears here, if you get into the business only to make money, you're making a big mistake because some at some point you'll be working 78 hours a week, you'll hate your job, you won't have any time to go on vacation because you can't leave your baby. Um, so that would be the biggest thing I tell anybody in any industry. Do not, under any circumstances, do it exclusively for the money because it's a short-term investment. It's, you know, you're, you're going to get burned out, you're going to get sick of it, and you'll probably end up hating your company and everybody in it. Um, so, you know, be passionate about what you do. And that could be anybody that's got a cookie stand at a farmer's market to somebody that opens up a chain of restaurants or automotive stores or whatever. Um, everybody I know that's successful in their industries, even if they've been in it for 20 years, they go to work every day and there's still something predominant in their business that they really enjoy doing. I think my dad is the one who taught me that that life lesson, like my dad has had his own business um, from before I was born. He started in 1982 and he always, he always loved going to work. Like when I was a kid, I hated school. (laughs) 
Sunday night would roll around and I'd be like, oh, this is the worst thing in the world. I feel like I'm going to die. And I'd see my dad and he'd be like, he, I don't ever think I've ever heard him say I don't want to go to work. Ever. What did your dad do, Josh? Um, so he has his own um, financial firm. Um, oh. Yeah, so he, um, he started in 1982 and has um, been doing it ever since. And he's now 70 and doing it because he loves it. And um, I don't think he's stopping anytime soon. <laughs> well, and you know, you know something you just, I, I don't know, I picked out of that last couple minutes here. Because um, I've got kids. The real, the real value to anything that we build as people, businesses, whatever, isn't even realized, I, I think, in our own lives. It's what our kids see and it's what the people around us, like how they benefit from it or you know, how somebody like you're going to have friends, I'm, I'm imagining. I mean, you you know, you got your d- degree of success and it sounds to me like it's just going to be, you know, growing and growing. Um, and I will guarantee you that you have friends around you that will see what you're doing and they'll be like, man, this dude tried. Why don't I try? And seeing you do it, that that will give them the insp- inspiration and the strength to, to go off and do something on their own that perhaps they wouldn't have because maybe they don't have that mentor that or that influence in their life if you will um so it's kind of funny how your dad doing what he did influenced you to do what you're doing and you got people around you that you know and you may not some of them you may be aware of some of them you may not but i can guarantee you that you're influencing other people by what you're doing right now and they're going to influence even more people so that's what's really freaking cool about the whole energy of like what your dad started Oh, yeah. The ripple effect is incredible. The there's, ripple. One, there's one story I remember specifically just being a kid and uh, my dad telling me it. Like my, Both my parents, they grew up um, uh, very poor. And um, when they got married, they were even more poor. <laughs> oh, yeah. and, and so when my dad started his business, he... Um, it was back in the time when you'd actually like mail in checks for rent and for utilities and all that sort of stuff. And so um, he often didn't have enough income, so he would he would send the um, the heating bill to the electric company and the electric bill to the heating company to buy himself an extra couple of weeks. Oh yeah, um, and get real crafty about it. I'm just like, oh, that's you know <laughs> that that story has always stuck with me. And like being crafty like that, even though like it's a difficult thing and financially taxing and I could right now go get a much more comfortable job, but you know, tightening my belt and trying to build something that's a lot more meaningful. And that I feel is actually helping people and being able to meet people like you and hearing your story and sharing it with our, our listeners like that in itself is so worth it. Yeah. And everybody's got a story, man. Everyone does. That is for sure. So where do you see working Joe going in the next year, five years, 10 years? Well, we're uh, we're talking to some folks right now about uh, um, some other things, some other products. Um, we like doing skincare, but we know when this whole thing started out, it was never just about doing skincare. It was about the mentality of of serving people that are working Joes and working Janes, if you will. So um, hopefully I don't piss anybody off by disclosing this, and it's a long way out from working on it. But in the next two to five years, we, uh, we, we will be working on creating um, Working Joe beer, uh, Working Joe rugged outdoor gear, Working Joe grilling accessories, uh, to use my food background, you know, barbecue, which I'm very passionate about, 
And lastly, Working Joe Coffee. We've got some interesting uh, coffee concepts we've come up with. So we want to diversify um, and with the same format of giving people more than they expect with a quality product and doing it, you know, at a reasonable price or perhaps even less than they're used to paying with somebody else. And there again, I don't say that to dog out the competition or anything else. There's room enough at the table for everybody. Um, but in five years, we would like to have four different um, businesses that are all working Joe brand. I think that's um, that's super smart, and um, I'm super excited to see what you guys come out in the in the next couple of years. Um, what, what would you say is the best part about running Working Joe? Um, my jam is the creativity, bro. I mean, I just um, that's where I that's where I thrive. I don't like. I don't like the accounting. I don't like, you know, um, I don't do well with four walls, if you will. Um, I like the cerebral part of it. And um, and that's not saying pro me or against anybody else. Um, but there's some people that like the systems and they like the box and they like the production and they like, you know, the the, uh, squ- the square edges. That's just not my thing. I like, um, I'm a former, well, I shouldn't say former, but I'm a, I'm a deadhead back in the day. Um, so I really... I like the evolutionary process, the think tank, if you will. Um, that's the funnest part. I mean, like talking about making, you know, doing beer, I don't even drink. Um, but just the concept of, hey, what could we do with this? Um, the gear, um, you know, what could we do? And, you know, what different designs? And I don't know jack about fashion or anything like that. My wife's pretty good at it. But um, the creativity, man, that's where it's at for me. Well, of course, I totally, I, I totally see that and understand it. Like for me, when you said, the accounting, you hate that. I feel the same way. I'm going through taxes, like going through taxes right now, being April, and I'm just like, shoot me. <laughs> but yeah, sometimes you got to do those things to get through and do the fun parts. Well, one thing I will say I've, I've definitely learned, and I heard this from somebody years ago, was don't try and be the smartest person at everything. Yeah. Hire are. Um, you know, that's why we have the people we have involved. You know, they do the things that they're good at that I'm not, and quite frankly, I don't want to be. That's such great advice. I, I could not agree more. And um, w- with that, I wanted to also mention that we're going to be doing a, a giveaway with you, with uh, Working Joe and Working Jane, which is going on right now if you're listening to this episode between April 11th and the 25th. Um, so you can head over to ReadyEddy.com and enter for your chance to win. And um, with that, Dan, I wanted to ask if people, if listeners wanted to uh, fake, learn more about you and Working Joe and sort of keep tabs on all the things that you're going to be doing in the future. Where, what's the best place uh, for them to go and do that? Oh, um, probably the Facebook page. That's, I'm on that every day. And that's uh, uh, just Working Joe? Working Joe Skincare, I believe, is what the official title is. Perfect. And we'll add all the uh, links in the show notes. Um, but with that, Dan, I want to thank you so much for taking the time. It was really awesome getting to know you and hearing your story and how passionate you are about working Joe and all the things that you're doing. And I think it's really important to really get to know all the people behind businesses and products that you're purchasing from, which is literally what we're trying to do with Ready Yeti. So I want to thank you for taking the time and uh, coming on. Well, thank you very much, man. We appreciate it. Without a doubt. And if you guys, uh, if you or any of your listeners ever have questions or whatever, or and it doesn't even have to be working, Joe. I, I, uh, I mentor a couple groups. Um, if I can ever help somebody out that's going through a rough time or whatever, I've, I've seen a lot of stuff in life, and I'm always willing to help somebody or at least give them an ear. We really appreciate that, Dan. All right, brother. Well, take care, and uh, 
All the best to you and your listening audience. Same to you. Thanks. Hey, Ready Eddie podcast listeners. If you enjoyed today's episode, then I would be incredibly appreciative if you could log on to iTunes and leave us a quick review. This really helps us get noticed by other podcast listeners like yourself. And if you know anyone that would benefit from this episode, then please share it along. Well, that wraps up this episode of the Ready Eddie podcast. I'll catch you next week.